Welcome to the Sargassum Podcast, where we learn about the latest ideas and concepts about Sargassum. This podcast is funded by the Resilience, Sustainable Energy and Marine Biodiversity Program, Resimbit. It's financed under the 11th European Development Fund, EDF, Caribbean Overseas Countries and Territories Regional Program, Resimbit is being implemented by expertise grants with primary stakeholders being the 12 Caribbean overseas countries. Let's get ready to learn together. <laughs> Hello, Jenna. Good morning. How are you doing, Lynn? Fine, thank you. I am just waking up like you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, how's the baby doing? She's fine. She's here uh, with me right now. She's the little co-host. It almost the nice. Last, the last episode, she has been very uh, behaving very well when I am in the in the interviews. So if Good. at some point you see a hand, it's hers. <laughs> <laughs> We're training her early. Yes, yes, and she is putting attention. Actually, she she watched the screen and she sees who are the the guests. Aww. <laughs> yes, yes. Nice. And you? How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, we're seven weeks into my first quarter of my PhD program, and uh, it's uh, it is a lot. That's for sure. I'm really happy to be here, but um, excited to get this first quarter done. So in the in the home stretch yes jenna well you 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 got it you got it and you have to do it now <laughs> <laughs> yeah thank you uh, today we have two guests that actually i saw them on the sargassum champions course they were part of the sargassum champions course with francisca and me and i ha i am happy to see them and to know what they have to say about sargassum in their in their OCT Islands. And well, I if you if you let me, Jenna, I will start with the bio. Leslie Hickers Leslie Hickerson with a sustainable tourism degree moved to St. Martin for tourism work. As a Nature Foundation volunteer, she engaged in sea turtle and shark tagging and educational programs, joining as outreach and education staff. She managed press releases, social media, website, educational presentations, and more. Now, the Foundation's manager, she has been making a positive impact for over the three years. Thank you for being here. Leslie. Thanks so much for having me, Evelyn. Morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for being here, Leslie. And this morning, we also have with us Fleur Hermanides with a master's in behavior and cognitive neuroscience, worked as a senior policy advisor in St. Martin for five years. She organized the island's largest volunteer event, SXM DOET, which we're going to get to for nine years and concurrently served as project coordinator for Collaborating Foundations for the Dutch Caribbean, SFC, for eight years. Fleur is currently the president of EPIC, contributing to environmental education, research, 
advocacy and conservation efforts on St. Martin since 2001. Welcome, Fleur. Thank you so much. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. Well, we always do this question, and I, I hope that both of you can answer. What is sargassum for Leslie, and what is sargassum for Fleur? Okay, um, I will go first. Um, for me, sargasm is um, an essential part of the marine ecosystem that due to human impact has now um, surpassed the space that our system has for it. So it uh, plays an essential role for lots of marine animals, but due to the rising temperatures and uh, increased nutrients in the water several islands in the caribbean including ours saint martin now are seeing negative impacts of this uh, vital part of the marine ecosystem yeah uh, i can add to that uh, in the sense that saint martin as many other islands but uh saint martin in our case uh, only relies on tourism we don't have any other industry and so with the heavy impact that we have of sargassum fluctuating throughout, because sometimes we have it, sometimes we don't, and sometimes it's in total excess, and sometimes it's just a, a, a doable amount, but it has uh, it wreaks havoc on, on our tourism industry as well. So in that sense, for our whole economic power for businesses and persons <clears throat> living here, uh, as well as we have a lot of residents that live uh, on the coastline. And um, one of the bays that is mostly inundated is one that is a residential area so it does cause a lot of uh, nuisance to uh, quite a bit of the population also just because we don't uh, have a very proactive approach to protecting our shores so um, indeed it's tipped the scale of being uh, something good and uh, has had a lot of negative consequences here locally as well and our next question you you kind of just touched on fleur um, but if you leslie want to kind of elaborate at all um, how St. Martin is affected. So tourism is affected and local communities are affected. Um, are there fisheries at all for local people that are affected or other, you know, um, a lot of guests tell us there's terrible smells by the beach, you know, and these things are off gassing toxins and all sorts of other things are going on as well. So if you want to just kind of elaborate a little bit on how it's affecting St. Martin, um, Go for it. Yeah. Yes. Um, for us, both uh, Fleur and I are based on the Dutch side of St. Martin because St. Martin is only 34 square kilometers, but it is split in half and the southern coastline is Dutch and the northern coastline is French. So um, on our southern coastline, there are a couple of beaches that, uh, especially this year, were inundated with sargasm for months and months and months. Uh, one of those beaches in particular, Point Blanche, is known to accumulate sargasm that is close to a meter deep. And the community living there um, is highly impacted by the fumes as it uh, decays and lets off those toxic gases. Um, <clears throat> as Fleur said, we don't have a very proactive approach right now on our side of the island, or either side really on dealing with this issue. So there are irregular like removals 
in place to try to help these communities. Um, some private uh, like business owners and private homeowners have fronted their own personal money to ensure that removal takes place on other beaches. Um, and on the French side, I know there are some very popular tourist beaches. Um, there's a really popular day island to go to called Pinel Island, which sometimes the ferries actually cannot operate and have to cancel their operations for the day to the island. So that impacts the ferry drivers, that impacts everyone that works on the island, because again, we solely rely on tourism. So when these things happen, it's impacting the livelihoods, both in a health and safety way and in an economic way for our residents. Yeah. And we, I mean, we do have some fishing as well, small scale, but mm -hmm. Leslie, you would know a little bit more about that, I think, how, how they're impacted, but it's not as big, except for indeed the ones who are in the Grand Cas uh, area where indeed right. their boats are stationed there, but um, then yeah. indeed they can't get out of the bay and then they can't go out fishing, but uh, fisheries is quite small scale. It's not as big as it used to be. Yeah, exactly. On the Dutch side, uh, luckily for the fishermen on that side, the the way of the wind direction and the waves is kind of preventing impact for them 90% of the time. And then when the waves and wind directions are a different uh, way than they normally are, then they would have the same issue as the French side that their boats are um, unable to launch from small bay areas. I feel like it's this year was actually the first time that we've had it so much on the Dutch side, actually. It's usually a lot more yeah. on the French side, so we have noticed a bit of a shift. And so a lot of uh, yeah. areas were also not prepared to do much about it in that sense. Yeah. Yeah, right, just based on how the island's position and kind of how it's split in half, you're seeing more <laughs> than you had previously. Yeah. The next question is about uh, turtles. Do you suspect that sargassum is impacting female sea turtles when they want to come to the beach to hatch? And can you tell us what were your observations? So for me, I um, uh, we our nesting beaches uh, have a lot of different negative impacts right now. We have high light pollution, we have bonfires, we have loud noises. So in comparison to the other islands within our like Dutch Caribbean network, we have had uh, two very unsuccessful nesting seasons back to back. Um, in fact, this year, I think Stacia, which is only uh, 20 miles off the coast, maybe, correct me if I'm wrong about that flare, but they had over 30 nests and we had uh, less than five. So it's a very um, big discrepancy in our nesting activity, and that could be impacted by several different things. Point Blanche Beach has had nesting activity on it before, and when the sargasm can reach, like I said, close to a meter deep, that is definitely impacting the success of female sea turtles to come and lay nests. However, one of the other big impacts for nesting is the hatching process. So we have several times on uh, Guana Bay Beach um, found hatchlings that have not made it to the ocean and have gotten caught in sargasm on their way out. 
um, due to the extra energy they have to expend to climb through everything and they have not survived. They've, you know, not made it to the sea due to that impact. So it kind of impacts them coming and going. And those beaches that are most impacted because they're on the windward side of the island used to be our highest activity beaches. And now we're seeing more activity on beach areas that are highly populated with beach bars, with light pollution, with noise pollution. We're having more activity on those sides. We have not done a sargasm and sea turtle specific research study, so it's kind of anecdotal at this point, but that is an interesting you know, point to note. And the fact that Stacia's nesting beaches, um, there is one that's very successful that is leeward, so that will not have the sargasm pollution that we have on our normally very active nesting areas. Yeah, important to note is that Stacia has two beaches. <laughs> we have about yeah. 37, yeah. something like that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. If, you see, if you see how different that is regarding the amount of nesting success is crazy. But yeah, we have a lot of yeah. other negative impacts. So to be able to disentangle yes. which one really has effect, we just have way too much um, coastal development and stuff as well. So. Yeah, that's unfortunate. There's already so many threats for sea turtles. Um, you both probably don't know this, but that's I'm I'm studying to be a sea turtle oh. ecologist. Um, that's oh. what I'm doing my PhD in. So, um, it is unfortunate. The sargassum is really um, wreaking havoc all over the place on sea turtles of various age cohorts and various stages in their lives. Um, we did have a, an interview with some people in Curacao who were rescuing these yeah. turtles that were trying to come to shore um and it was such a big effort and it looked like it was just two people you know trying mm -hmm. really hard and one was a, a young woman who was really inspiring and energetic and you know they were out there on surfboards um pulling these turtles out of out of the sargassum so yeah it's unfortunately happening in a lot of places um but that's remarkable if you think about just the space per capita that you have so many beaches and Stacia has these two beaches and still that much nesting success. So yeah, you can tell there's a big, a big difference there for sure. Yeah, sadly. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I remember seeing those, the mats and mats of sargassum, especially at Curacao, Bonaire, Aruba had a, and I know in some of the bays in Curacao, it's been really bad. I don't think we've ever had it that bad in the sense of that you can really pull out animals out of it that were stuck in it only like smaller creatures and stuff that you can find like smaller fish and stuff right yeah we never really find huge yeah. amounts yeah. of bigger animals in it right yeah that's good yeah um in in saint martin what role does the nature foundation play when it comes to sargassum there <clears throat> So uh, the Nature Foundation has been named the Management and the Scientific Authority for the Marine and the Terrestrial Ecosystems by our Ministry of Romy. So um, our role right now, because we're not uh, doing an active preventative or research um, project, is uh, an advisory role to the ministry uh, because the Ministry of Romy covers infrastructure they are the ones that do removals in certain areas when it gets very bad. Um, like I said, there are a lot of private individuals that are doing removals, um, hotel managers, homeowners, things like that uh, in the interim. But we do give uh, advice 
to the government and to these individuals, especially during sea turtle nesting season. If there's a removal, we go and we monitor the beach immediately beforehand to see if there's any nesting activity that they need to avoid with large equipment. Uh, we also try to reduce beach degrade degradation with large equipment by giving advice on removal like techniques and logistics. Um, however, what we need to do and what the foundation is looking to do is to do a full like impact and research study to try to see what can be done to manage and mitigate negative impacts with sargasm. However, we're a very small organization. Currently we have eight staff and that means that we have tripled in the last three years. So um, we need to apply for outside project funding and have someone dedicated to that research to do it successfully. We have very much tried to move away from what management organizations have done in the past, which is act without the baseline data, act and try to implement things without doing pilot projects, without doing the research. And we are very focused on having as much information as we can to ensure that we have the highest likelihood of success before acting on issues like this. Yeah, that's a good approach. I know a lot of times, um it seems like there's a great solution and then you know the the sort of repercussions from it in the future are like oh these were unseen or not thought of and um especially with large scale removal you do lose a lot of sand you know and that right. that can be a really detrimental thing for an ecosystem and for you know tourism as well if it's in front of hotels or things like that right. so that's a good good strategy yeah also just like the likelihood of success we've seen, seen several islands try to implement mitigation measures that cost you know millions of dollars sometimes and then they're not successful because saint martin's status as autonomous does not give us direct access to netherlands funding i do not want to propose a method that's going to cost a million dollars and then be unsuccessful so that's something that we also try to keep very much in mind for us if you know you can use a million for yes. something else that would succeed <laughs> yeah. right yeah yes it's it's like always the problem in in all the caribbean uh, cities or islands that reach have sargassum because uh, many here in mexico there were many foundings that were not useful and there were mm -hmm. a lot of millions that were waste. So it's a good thing yeah. that you are doing this research and that you are worried about doing the, the most uh, background you have, the most good you will have or more efficient things you will, you will have to prevent the sargassum from reaching your beach and impacting your environment. And well, about this, I, I want to ask, does SXM do it? And I hope I, I say it well. The Sam Werkenede Fonsen also helped San Martin with tackling the sargassum problem. Um, well, so those are more the things that I, I work for. So uh, one is a funding funding initiative that is for uh, social projects. 
and the other is really a volunteer initiative um, where we stimulate uh, organizations to organize any kind of volunteer effort and then we help with recruiting volunteers and this is a, a yearly event um, and uh, there are some projects but because it's specifically at a certain time that it generally does fall in line with uh, because it happens on all the Dutch Caribbean islands and in the Netherlands. I do notice that on um, some of our sister islands, it does coincide with when the sargassum reaches the island. And so they do have some major cleanup efforts then uh, done during that time. So far, we haven't had those happen at the same time by us. So we haven't had any of those types of projects. But uh, I'm also a part of EPIC, which is uh, one of the environment and nature organizations here. Who, uh, Leslie and I collaborate on a lot of things and talk a lot about a lot of the same issues and then um, bicker about what we can do better and, and how we can try and improve <laughs> stuff. And um, the difference is that uh, Nature Foundation does have some staff and, and they have uh, from government, they have the authority for certain things. Um, we focus a lot on uh, terrestrial projects. Uh, just like uh, with as they, they do a lot with the marine park and such like that. So we aren't as directly involved with any kind of sargassum efforts, um, mostly more like with volunteering or I remember many, many years ago that also we were busy cleaning beaches to try and make sure that more turtles could nest because that was always an issue. So it's really, um, yeah, we're a small island. We try to do as much as we can with those little resources. So in that sense, um, we try to make it work. Yes, I think you complement your organization's complement and the knowledge you gain also complement each other. So I am happy mm -hmm. to, to say that we, we, we were your, uh, that you have new knowledge with the Sargassum Champions course. So I hope it really, really solves some of the questions you had about Sargassum and all the things it's involved with Sargassum. Yeah, it would, it would. One thing that I noticed on the island is because um, with Leslie and myself that and their organizations, we try to stay up to date on a lot of the things that happen and indeed on the research that goes on. And so sometimes you still hear some of the community be like, oh, but we should compost it and use it for agriculture. And you're like, don't, please, <laughs> because you can tell like it sounds like an amazing thing to do. But then you're then, of course, yeah. now, you know, the latest research now that might not be the best thing to do so uh, yeah you try to disseminate information but it, it's hard to sometimes have the full community understand exactly everything that would be the best way forward for certain things so that's always an ongoing struggle as well but uh, a lot of people do have the best intentions with it so uh, we try to get more of the information out there and that people are aware and so indeed with some of the the things during the the course it was nice to know like certain things that we learned also I had no idea there were so many types of sargassum and so that was really interesting and learning mm -hmm. all, all the the little things to look at to try and distinguish them I was like wow that's actually <laughs> pretty difficult to do with some of them and you guys had spot on eyes like oh yeah that's that one and that one I was like oh okay wow so um, no it was very interesting <laughs> and it was nice to get insight from the different islands and and also everyone was at a different field so everyone experienced it differently as well so it was uh, nice to get a feel what everyone was doing yeah definitely i agree with that and we you know when we're looking into trying to do a successful management or mitigation kind of thing having that network i think is also going to come in very useful for us and uh, making sure that, I mean, 
there's there there's always people um like in research and management communities that are less likely to share information but when you have the network established it really prevents that gatekeeping and trying to start from scratch every time reinvent the wheel like you know that type of thing we can share information that way and make everybody more successful yeah. absolutely in 2021, we interviewed two people, um, Ilko Lehmans and Sven Jensen from Climate Cleanup, and they did a study on St. Martin, and I'm wondering if the results um, of their study contributed at all to anything that, you know, could kind of help you on a management level there, if you have access to um, that data and kind of what that looked like and connecting it actually to the island. So um, when they were there, I had actually, um, yeah, I was still working as the outreach and education officer. And so we received their final report, uh, which would definitely be helpful in applying for funding to continue kind of research be, uh, to address management issues. I don't have access to the data, which would be more helpful, <laughs> um, but that could be because we've had a management change at the foundation. Uh, between those two times. I'm sure they were um, very uh, easy to work with. They were very enthusiastic. Um, so I'm sure if we uh, do find some sort of opportunity to focus work on this, that we will um, involve them and see if they can kind of help with guidance. We also have a student right now at, um, I'm gonna butcher this and I apologize to the Dutch. Wachninen University. Wachninen. Fleur can say that correctly. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. My staff really enjoys it when I have to say that name. Um, they have. There's a student right now working on uh, his master's thesis on sargasm, which we collected some sargasm samples uh, in Saint Martin and dried them for him, and then sent sent to him, so that he can do some different pilots on what. It could be used for um to be honest manufacturing with sargasm i'm uh, as the foundation we're kind of straying away from that um goal uh because we are not a, a for-profit company and access to sargasm of course comes and goes and the amount of sargasm fluctuates so we are looking more towards uh, like what they were doing in Mexico with the carbon sink, which we learned about in the Sargasm Champions course. That type of opportunity is kind of, uh, seems a bit more achievable for our foundation than the manufacturing. Yeah. Yes, well, you, you, you say uh, some things about what you learned and what you to took from the Sargassum Champions course this summer because both of you attended. Uh, but would you like to say something else about what you take from the course and how are you using what you learn in your community? I thought it was very interesting to learn in how many, how innovative a lot of places people over the world have been with trying to find a solution to create something positive out of it. So I thought that was really brilliant. I, certain things I would never have thought of that, um, like the bricks I thought was amazing. I had read about it before, but when we went in more in depth into all the things that people are making out of it, I thought it was amazing. 
Um, and I mm -hmm. love that people are really trying to think outside the box and trying to really make something positive out of it. So I'm curious how things will progress. Um, I know that we had previously a few initiatives whereby people tried to create stuff. I think more on the French side, right, Resley? I think. Um, I think so too. But yes. I think I have never heard anything about them anymore. I think none of them survived the pandemic. Um, so yeah, we ha we've had a few rough years. We had the really bad hurricane in 2017. Then we had the pandemic right after that. So it's been really hard for a lot of organizations and companies to really survive. Um, and so uh, there were some really cool initiatives that I was hoping that more would come out of it, but maybe with time that there will be someone who can create something out of it, or indeed that there will be some kind of more proactive approach to doing something here locally. But um, no, I, I, I really like learning those kind of things that, and, and trying to think mm -hmm. outside the box and get to know more about what other initiatives there are. Yeah. Um, one of the weak points, I would say, for our foundation is also regional cooperation. We're very cooperative within the Dutch Caribbean uh, network. That's because we're part of the Dutch Caribbean Nature Alliance, which is a very large organization which provides a lot of support, both um, financially and um, like administratively to all six Dutch Caribbean islands. So we have a very good partnership with the ABC and the SSS islands, but we have not really been successful in branching regional cooperation. There's English islands surrounding us, French islands surrounding us, and a lot of them were participating in the Sargassum's Champions Force. Mm -hmm. So networks like that always lead to um, better research, more in-depth data, more comprehensive data. And so that's something that I think is a, a real benefit as well. Thank you for sharing that with us. And SXM DOET will have its 10 year anniversary next year. Yay. Um, is there anything special planned for the volunteer days um, for next year for this epic event? Well, not epic. Yeah, you know, that, where well, you... that's the word play, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, I, um, I was, well, I'm on retirement from them, actually, which is uh, actually, well, we're, we're now the supervisory board. We were like the management team. And so the new management team is thinking up a few cool things to do for the 10th anniversary. Um, so it, w they invited us for dinner the other night that we had a, a dinner meeting. They know how to make us happy. <laughs> Give us food and then we'll be there. Um, no, so they have some really nice ideas. And it's, it's always uh, the intention to try and get as much of people from the community involved in partaking and, and supporting NGOs. So that's also any kind of NGOs and the nature and environmental NGOs are definitely one of them that needs a lot of support. Um, we do have a lot of other NGOs as well. Um, and we do have to say that they are really the ones who keep the island running. Um, they, they do so much and we've noticed it after Irma and during the pandemic, the amount of uh, effort they put in to, to make sure that everyone was safe and had food and, uh, you know, that there is also uh, ways to, we, we saw that a lot of people were more interested in nature than too, that everyone started going hiking and so everyone's like, okay, we need to get out of our house, we need to do something, what can we do? So, um, no, there's... There is going to be some fun stuff. I don't know if there's going to be anything sargassum related. It would be good if it's not, because that means that sargassum is not an issue at the moment. So I actually hope we won't have any projects with it. But um, yeah, so we'll see how that goes. But uh, 
yeah, a Nature Foundation epic where we're just gonna keep keep going and see wherever we can when help with these kind of things. So. That's great. Um, is there anything we didn't ask you today that you would like to um, talk on? Maybe, you know, have a, someone listen to this and be like, I'm going to reach out to them to, to lend a hand or lend some information or anything um, that you want to get across that we didn't ask you today? Good question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean... Um both the uh, epic and the nature foundation are small organizations and so when there's opportunities in particular for projects because um, of course epic is focused on project funding um, for my organization only three staff out of the eight are not project funds um, so if there's you know opportunities um to collaborate between our organizations that's always something that we're looking for um we also i think um it would be nice that the residents and the tourists to saint martin know that we do see this issue and just because we're not acting on it impulsively right away and putting up barriers that are going to get washed away by our heavy winds and things doesn't mean that we don't see it as an issue and that it's not on our um, like strategic planning to address this. Um, I mean, it's at the point now where regularly on those like tourist social media groups, Facebook groups, things like that, they'll send out messages like which beach doesn't have seaweed today and stuff because that's, you know, the understanding of it. So there, the community is uh, maybe, I think, not aware of how um, important this issue is to us because we are, have not just jumped the gun and put out something that is going to wash away, you know? So maybe just that, that we do see it and we're working towards it. We're just really understaffed and we need help. Yeah. yeah and I think uh, to chime in on that as well is that indeed, because we're small islands and a lot of our region run into the same issues and anything like uh, maritime or like birds or any kind of projects related to that we have a lot of you know the same issues when i mean we'll have the turtles go from one place to the next birds from one place to the next uh, we have the same like plastic coastal uh, uh washing ashore issues so um we're and all the other islands are also quite small and depending on where they get their funding streams from they they do have some more opportunities um that indeed these are all issues that we're all working on together so indeed we we have with our french counterparts we have some, with some of our dutch uh, counterparts but uh it is indeed good to to stay in the loop with everyone to, and 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 I, we do see like for example with uh, a lot more eu projects eu funding that there's a lot more focus on collaboration and so i do see that as as a future thing that maybe we can try and do more with um indeed in with tackling some of these issues that we all run into i mean climate change for example there's so much that we can still do with that and we're all running into the same issues so we are going to be stronger together to do those kind of things so uh hopefully in the future we'll be able to get a few more nice projects up and running and and try and tackle these things in a positive way yeah, hopefully you'll you'll find some collaborators through this podcast or through the Champions course that you were in or 
Um, we are all about building community and sharing resources. And, you know, so if you haven't already, you can kind of like look through the, the YouTube channel to see if there's anything that kind of sparks an interest or seems like it's related to, you know, um, reach out to people. Um, we, we like to hear about connections in the future. We always kind of, you know, if we hear about a guest that we've had that's connected with someone or has had a successful project, we always like to announce it, you know, in another, in another podcast recording episode. So, uh, we wish you the best of luck. And it sounds like, you know, you're, you're, um, doing the right thing and just kind of making sure you have all the information before you act. And so hopefully the community members, um, will eventually understand and appreciate that more. And I know that's always tough, you know, with community um, understanding and, and education. So, yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here today, both of you. Thanks for having us. Thanks for, yeah, thank you so much. So if anyone is interested, yes, interns, you. volunteers, volunteerism, mm. you can find Leslie and yeah. I. <laughs> yeah. We'll always have something for you. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, we, we will put your links of each of your organizations in the show notes of the episode. Awesome. Perfect. Hi, Jenna. <laughs> Again. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Lynn. So what did you think about the interview? Well, I, I was very excited to see both of the part, ex-participants of the Sargassum Champions course, that they were active in this course also and now they are trying to do things in each of their organizations to put into practice what they they gain about the sargassum knowledge yes yeah that's really great it's a it's neat to see that you know they're they're people moving forward after that program and seem like they're enthused um to do work i was really um happy to hear that they want to kind of get more data, get more information, you know, try to really get a complete picture before they jumped into um, spending money and resources on a solution that might not be the best one for them in their situation. So that was really great to hear. Yes, yes, I agree. And that's how things should be done, I think, before spending money, because so many parts in, in I think in the Caribbean are spending money in solutions, but they are not really solutions. Instead of doing a better research at the beginning of spending the money, so well, this this is encouraging to all the to all the islands also, or to all the coastal cities that want wants to to do something about sargassum or regarding sargassum but they should start with like this no let's let's see what the scientific field has to say about sargassum what has been done already what has been uh how how to say like they have solved in other parts with this but they haven't solved it with this so to do these kind of uh, uh, differences between the solutions would be good before spending money mm. yes jenna 
Exactly, yeah. They don't want to cause more problems than they already have by choosing the solution that, you know, makes things worse on the island for, for the people there. Yeah. Um, I'm also excited that they're looking for collaborators. So anybody out there who's listening to this episode, if you are working in St. Martin or nearby um, and, you know, you want to work uh, with this, this group, um, please feel free to reach out. Their links are in the show notes um, below. And it sounds like they have some really great education programs there um, as well. So even if you're interested in that aspect, I think they would appreciate yes. any collaborators. Yes, 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 please. So, well, Jenna, I hope that you have a good week and a good weekend also. And hello to everybody in the Sarcasm Podcast. And we hope to see you again in the next episode. Bye-bye. Thanks for being here and learning with us today. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in today and learning with us from our guests. If you want more information about what our guests talked about today, please check our show notes for links and information in our archives. And don't forget to like and share our podcast with your friends. The Sargassum Podcast is made possible through funding by the Resilient Sustainable Energy and Marine Biodiversity Program, Resembly. Finance under the 11th European Development Fund, EDF, Caribbean Overseas Countries and Territories Regional Program. Resembit is being implemented by Expertise France with the primary stakeholders being the 12 Caribbean Overseas Countries and Territories. The podcast is produced by Paola Diaz, Mario Garcia Rodriguez, Cleo Maridakis and Eloise Lopez and it is hosted by... Francisca Elmer, Jenna Contucchio, Florence Menes, Cleo Maridakis, Evelyn Salas, and Paola Diaz. We will be back in two weeks with another exciting guest. The music of the podcast is from the song Them I Pray by Drizzle, the Road Runner, an artist from Roatan. Follow him on Spotify or YouTube for more music.